Cooking with Chopsticks. The truth about dictatorships. A podcast with Chin Li Wen and Marcel Chan. Hey Li Wen, how are you doing in these times? Hello Marcel. I don't know about you. I'm naturally as a you know, someone living in Europe with a family, uh, feeling quite anxious about what's going on. It's crazy, no? I mean, we're, we're in, in times <laughs> so, that really, yeah. Uh, yeah, we were talking uh, before a little bit about it. And, and yeah, I mean, nuclear weapons are on the table suddenly. And as crazy as Putin acted within the last, within the last weeks, uh, you can't even rule out mm. uh, that they make use of these weapons. And that's... Yeah, a terrifying thought indeed um yeah we try to we try to well what we well so we're talking about the current situation but we're talking less about russia ukraine um from a russian or ukrainian or german or european point uh, perspective but rather from from a chinese perspective that's what we that's what we're here for um and to yeah. be honest with you i mean ever since this war started There's so much information pouring down on us, on you and me. And, and if you have a timeline in Twitter, this is uh, focusing a lot of uh, a lot on, on geopolitics or on, on Chinese matters. It really is pouring down in so many aspects. And, and, and sometimes I'm totally overwhelmed to, to sort out. I mean, first, you are sometimes troubled to to sort out false information from real information yeah. so fake news or or we have false information pouring into european union into my timeline uh you're you're inclined to see a video to see photos and immediately think well this must be true but you mm. actually don't know if it's true right uh so the impulse is to say well look at that how how expressive this picture is or this this video is but still you don't know if it's really true and And there's so many comments from all sides, like, okay, this side is doing this wrong, this side is doing that right, and all this quarreling about the narrative, and uh, especially also from the Chinese side, from the Chinese point of view. Um, and that really gives me a hard time to, to really sort out what, well, what, well, not what the Chinese position on, on it. As far as I understand, the Chinese government position right now is to... Uh, not officially back the invasion. They don't call it an invasion. They call yeah. it a military operation, right? As well as the Russians do. And not uh, not supporting it, of course. Uh, instead, um, labeling themselves as like the mediator, um, uh, like trying to, to, to bridge between the interests in Europe, emphasizing the sovereignty and integrity. But indeed, you can read between the lines that it is very fragile what the Chinese government says. It can be interpreted in both ways, as so often. But what I really don't see in the long term yet is what is the best outcome for the Chinese government or for China itself? I mean, you don't need to answer this question now, but this is I want to just express uh, where I'm really struggling to Okay, where does it end? Where, what is the good thing happening for China? There are so many aspects, good things. Um, yes, they get probably more, uh, um, definitely more commodities from Russia. They may, might even uh, pressure down the price 
There's the Taiwan thing where the Chinese government probably studies exactly how NATO, how the US and Europe reacts on that invasion of the Russians in the Ukraine to see how would they react if China invades Taiwan? What happens then? And so I'm really struggling to, to, to get a final judgment about what is the best outcome for the Chinese government? What are they really aiming for? Yeah, I think uh, the most important thing is that I, what I realize right now with all these things, this information bombing at us, like we have to start somehow from the points where Western societies don't understand about China and what, where they might have illusions or hallucinations. For example, you have seen probably the Frankfurt Uh, Algemeine. They published this so-called <laughs> sinologist, I'm sorry to say that, uh, article somehow very apologetic for China and saying that, basically saying that, that actually we can rely on China in many ways when it comes to the, conf uh, the, the, the war against Ukraine. And uh, There will be, there are other people also devout, also publish something like that. And I have no idea, like, what kind of perception do you think right now that German society or German uh, elite, <laughs> the, you know, people in powerful position perceive China as the role, what, what kind of role they perceive China has in this situation? I can just guess because I yeah. think there's no final judgment. Yes. I mean, what we, what we, what we uh, yeah. realized within the, or recognized within the last two years that, that the sentiment towards China is getting much more critical uh, for topics we already talked about in the past, a lot of them. Mm -hmm. And so um, I think people are right now still too engaged with what's happening in, in Russia and they, they still have, a lot of people have to overcome their, well, their own failure in judgment, uh, like that they were totally wrong regarding Putin And so I can just tell you what my hope is mm. that like this um, belief that uh, we or, or this tendency in Germany and I think not only Germany, Germany but also in the European Union, um, uh, big shares of the elites to believe China and, and, and to believe in the good of China, in the good of the, of the Chinese government, in the good sins, in the goodwill of Chinese government. I hope that this is a bit shaken a bit because a lot of people now realize that they were wrong on Putin. So hopefully people draw the same conclusion when we regard China, when we consider China as a, as a player towards Taiwan and also the interest, yeah, especially in geostrategic. You can see, I mean, Xi Jinping and Vladimir Putin met in Beijing yes. and well, they had this yeah. thousands words long communique uh, out. Yeah. But the basic line is actually they yeah. said, New world order. This is the three words. New yeah. world order. So, yes. I mean, yes. if we're not, if we now don't draw the right conclusion, uh, when else? Yeah. When else? Uh, yeah. I think yeah. this, is, this is the core of it. So I, I hope to... that the perception is one day or later, more, more or less, or sooner or later, that uh, yeah. the German society realizes, okay, we shouldn't be too trustful with the Northarian Uh, regime authoritarian regime in Beijing I think um, I, I very often like to say I mean this is something about cognitive science um, uh, there are 
uh, there are two types of knowledge. Uh, one type of knowledge is a fake knowledge, which means you learn some information. You know they exist. For example, you know uh, um, China and Russia ha had announced a new order, but you have no real understanding what it means. And then there is real knowledge. People like us who have experience with authoritarian dictatorship, uh, totalitarian societies. When we see such a word, we shiver. We get angst, you know, we get extreme anxiety because we know something's going to happen. We know these people, we know their dictators, we know Putin and she both have the same dream to establish some order that is against democracy, that is expansionist, and they have a dream to, Putin have a, have a dream to become another Tsar in his time, or the Soviet leader, when former Soviet Union's territory was covering half of the planet, I'm just exaggerating. Um, China has, Xi Jinping has the dream to conquer Taiwan, to maybe take over the whole South China Sea, and to, you know, basically, like Mao Zedong, um, there is a phrase that Mao Zedong used uh, when he was promoting so-called communist, communism revolution across the globe, which is to put red flags all over the world. So what you see are two madmen, uh, mad in different style. <laughs> Putin is much more outspoken. And, and like showing his muscles everywhere and, and easy to be seen. But Xi Jinping is much good at disguising. But either way, these two, they are really soulmates in this direction, in the direction they want to go. I'm not saying that they really trust each other in any way, but they really want to, the, 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 the common goal is to expand and to, to take war as their badge of honor and to, um, to establish their, their, their ideal sort of world order, which means anti-democratic countries, anti, like anti-Western countries, um, and to promote this ideology. And so for them, do, do, yeah. you think it's not only Taiwan for in interest. So you, you would say that Taiwan. this is an, an but but also an expansion uh, in the South China Sea. So not only in Taiwan, but for example, I mean, no, South China Sea is already there. Um, being you, you, we have all seen how China build artificial islands all over and sending patrol patrolling ships uh, where they shouldn't be, and nobody said a thing in the past decade. And if the West doesn't see. If, if the international society don't see that um, that such an order actually is aiming at destroying Western democracies, then they are really, really still blind. And the knowledge they have about China is still wrong. It's still fake. Indeed. I, I, yeah. I couldn't agree more. Yeah, I mean, this is time to really to really wake up. I don't expect the Chinese uh, to uh, be uh, uh, to invade the European Union. 
Uh, of course not, but no, um, it doesn't have to be right. Uh, I mean, exactly, when exactly. Yeah, it, it, it doesn't just have to have be, to be uh, ideologically uh, subversive enough to to make you believe that uh, dictator and totalitarians are better, are stronger, and they have an upper hand, and then you, you know, have to the... bow to them. Yeah. Sorry, sorry. You know, one of the strongest forces they just, you know, or the, the strongest cards they have now, and you see that this is what I get on social media, for example, when I get social media from from, from China, snippets or, or whatever, or comments or so. Um, not to be mixed up with Wu Mao, so with people commenting for money in, 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 in the interest no, of the Chinese it's government. No, longer but still, just Wu Mao. Uh, yeah. But from ordinary people, where you can relatively sure this is really ordinary people, that the public opinion is very much like, oh yeah, the Russians doing the right thing because this is yeah. uh, US aggression and stuff. So yeah. the powerful force they right now have is just propaganda. You see, I yeah. mean, we have here in Europe also a fierce discussion. Not, it's, a, it's not a discussion. It's a, it's a fierce fight for mm. who is right and you have voices like uh, defending uh, Russia and um, appeasing and, and, and trying to yeah, to apologize wow. what, what's happening, right? Wow, um, I haven't seen in, the German in social media. I've been soaked on Chinese social media, but... Well, you never know, you never know. I will get um, high blood pressure if I see the German social media doing the same shit. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, the majority definitely um, judges just as negatively about it, but you still have yeah. these voices. Um, who who still claim well it's the NATO and uh, it's their own uh, it's their own fault what happens now see how, how aggressive it, they've been how much of it is information war actors it's 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 tough to say I mean it's really it's really tough to say but you still have voices who maybe a bit lowered but um, who uh, in one hand of course still like talking of an invasion and. Uh, um, and judge about uh, judge about the invasion or the, the Putin negatively, but there is also this kind of tendency to to turn parts of the guilt for all this development towards ourselves. So there is a it, it's a disbalance. Of course, the voices that are that are critical are definitely in the majority, um, but you see the other side is not still totally silenced and uh, I don't know how much no, part of it is, is, is really yeah. fake or yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah. real but but that simply doesn't happen in China right I mean so I, see, I, I read comments from ordinary people or I see comments on TV and from ordinary people like really claiming well yeah this is uh, they're convinced that that the Russians doing the right thing and this is I mean of course mainly because of the of the censorship of the propaganda within China so this is a very very powerful force um, that we don't have here in Europe. I'm lucky we don't have that because that would mean we are also living in an authoritarian system. I, might, I really don't want that. Mm. Um, yeah. But it makes China, of course, for us as, a, as an opponent, uh, more dangerous, definitely, for freedom and for liberal democracies, totally. Yeah. The, I mean, the information war on uh, Western social media have been going on for many years. We are... We, as journalists, we know that many, we have, I've read reports, uh, investigative reports about it, or a research about it. Um, the Russians have been very effective in launching uh, this false, uh, how to say, fake news uh, campaign on Western social media and, and, and media as well. They created many fake news websites 
and feeding fake news real time into public discussion in the West. But the recent in the recent war, I think. I think the success has really reached Chinese social media in on large on such a scale that I was stunning. Um, the Russian fake news, the Russian uh, side of information, if you can call it information, um, like for example, Saying that uh, the the Russians claim that uh, Ukraine is a Nazi country, and they claim that in eastern Ukraine there is a, a genocide. There was there has been genocide against uh, minorities or uh, people that they hate, whoever they are, uh, and there has been uh, a big uh, the 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 Ukrainian Nazis have dig a big hole and dump. More than ten thousand bodies in it and buried it, and there are photos in about it and etc. And all these sort of fake news are circulating viral, virally in Chinese social media. No censorship at all, and not only that. I mean, many of them. You know that in China, in social media, there are two types of of state media. Uh, no, actually, there are three. Uh, there are two types of state media, and then there are government hired, sort of we call them dogs. Yeah, government dogs. Uh, social media, they they basically are the most uh, violent ones, and then the the two type of state media. One is like uh, the traditional ones, like Xinhua News Agency, People's Daily, CCTV, and all these sort of like big. Uh, they are like the. Um, in the former Soviet Union, you know, itatas, that kind of thing, and <clears throat> uh, the the other type of social state media came out during the in the the internet media time, which is, uh, for example, Guanchazhuang, and a few other websites like this. They are pure online media created, but actually supported by the government. And they are seen as state media as well because they are authoritative. And then, the the official media, like the 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 first type, like People's Daily and Xinhua News, they would adopt still a very hands off, neutral stance when it comes to this invasion, Russia's invasion, but. The second type of official media, like Guancha Zhuang and etc., they are much more, uh, how to say, much more. They are much freer in adopting different stances, and not different stances, but in a, in a, in in publishing uh, the information that is more pro-Russia. You know that, for example, they would publish opinion pieces like saying that NATO is expansionist, that nation uh, NATO has been threatening Russia for many years, and that NATO has uh, rejected Russia's application in joining NATO, and they have also said that. Uh, a lot of things that about about the Ukrainian uh, Nazi, they call it Nazi movement. 
Recently, there was that uh, paper from, from students, from alumni students, from several uh, renowned universities in China, Beijing, Shanghai. Um, and they released a document saying, uh, we oppose the war in, in the Ukraine and the invasion from the Russian yeah, side. Yeah, and then it's very quickly deleted uh, from the it, internet. Which is remarkable anyway, right? So there's kind of like people who apparently not only uh, recite what, so, what, what, what uh, state media just pronounce and say, well, this is a military operation and the Russians doing the right thing, but rather uh, there is, uh, there, there's still people who even go public and say uh, it's the wrong thing going on. It's an invasion and it's not accepted what's happening there. Now, when you see your social media feeds, what is your, what is your impression? Like, how is the sentiment towards the situation? Yeah, the, the most important thing to, uh, when, when we talk about this, we have to understand how Chinese social media platforms operate. So Chinese social media platforms, they are actually uh, in a very, very subtle position, when it, especially those that involve a lot of political discussions like Weibo. And then you have Zhihu, and then you have like Bilibili and etc. Um, but Weibo has been the battleground for neutral positions for a long time, like like new not enough for for a variety of positions. The other websites are more uh, prone to the nationalist uh, position. Uh, generally speaking, I'm talking about the trend. And then there's Douban, which is more about cultural and uh, social topics. Um, and if you observe Weibo, then you know that you have to know that Weibo's censorship uh, censorship uh, is done by itself. First of all, mo all the social media platforms in China they do their own censorship, and uh, they have to. Yeah, well, it's their job. You have to. If you don't do that, then you you won't uh, survive. And government would give them order uh, on a real time what to do extra for their um, censorship. Like, for example, sometimes they would let out certain discussion, let certain discussion survive for a long time because they want to, I mean, these media platforms, they want to attract users, right? They want to keep their platform active. If they censor everything, then nobody is going to discuss anything, then this platform would die. So they would have to keep this subtle balance between like uh, keeping the, the whole this, the, um, website space very active and engaging discussions and on the other hand, be careful not to let the fire burn the pants of the authorities. And so um, in this, this, this time, so over time, the Weibo and all these social media, they developed a strategy, very, very subtle, very comprehensive and complicated, um, to, on one hand, keep this discussion, new discussions coming in, and that reflects certain truths of the public opinions. Uh, and with this function, with this uh, sort of policy, they could also harvest the trend of public opinions and make it 
a sort of test ground, and uh, or like an observing room, and collect this information or intelligence and give it to the officials, to 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 Beijing, to the government. But that would be like like uh, like grassroots wisdom. Uh, influencing upper leaders' decisions that doesn't really happen. No, 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 no. Don't don't go too far. Right. Don't go. Don't get carried away. No, there is no way that Beijing will allow even you have this impression. Exactly. So, so why would they? Why would they? Would influence? Why them? would they harvest the they inf would, information? They would need to know what is the mood, so that the decision makers and all the, what how for uh, how pe what kind of things people are saying. So that Beijing can be alert, who are the troublemakers, uh, and deal with these troublemakers, and second, oh, cool. and, and project it in your own communication. Yeah, right? and second, uh, to bring uh, the counter information war against these, um, you would say, positions or knowledge objections. Yeah, yeah, I know. Yeah, I understand. So you, you actually, you, you. Um, Uh, you shape your own communications within the country yeah. uh, because you know uh, where there might be traps, right? Where you are vulnerable yeah. or wh where you have these uh, troublemakers. Uh, what point do these troublemakers target? Yeah. And, then, and then the propaganda can dismantle these kind of, of, of uh, troublemakers. They can, they can use, I mean, especially when in the beginning, it is always the government hired um, dogs. We call them mad dogs. They will come and bite and fight with these um, dissents holders. And then there will be a lot of, uh, already there are a lot of discussion on the internet and people will, my pay sympathy more to, the, to those who raise dissent. And then they will collect all these debates and discussions and formulate certain official statement which will be published by the, the type of uh, internet-based uh, official media so that people feel, okay, now the government has already had certain stance, so I better not support these dissents. Mm. What do you think regard, um, in, in regard of, of Taiwan now? Um, if China now sees how strong the sanctions are, Uh, on Russia, by the European Union, by the Germans. The Germans start suddenly to, to deliver weapons to the Ukraine. Uh, we suddenly don't talk about that we have a limit on, on financing uh, defense. Uh, more than 2%, no problem anymore, suddenly. Uh, the sanctions, the, 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 the sanctions on the SWIFT participation on Russia and all these things, very, very strong compared to what we expected um, Or what people always, uh, or maybe what the Russians even expected, right? And and the Chinese see that now, they see also that the West is kind of pulls himself together in terms of of more unification, even in the in the more unity, even in the even in the European Union. It the sentiment is that there is more one one voice now. Um, there is more. Um, more interaction or more exchange with the US. Uh, so the Western allies actually kind of, of uh, sticking together much more. I mean, the Chinese realized that, the Chinese government. 
Actually, for them, isn't it a warning sign? I mean, to 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 that they realize how we we shouldn't go too far with Taiwan. This is really like uh, no. the alarm bells for the for the regime. No, I mean this is all wishful thinking. I'm afraid to sorry to say that to you. So, <clears throat> when it comes to dissent, for example, um, this has always been there because you have a lot of people in China. Of course, people hold different opinions in secret. For example, I mean this is not new. Uh, for example, in the September 11th, right, um, U.S., United States has asked this staunch enemy in the eyes of the Chinese uh, propaganda believers. Um, the Chinese, many Chinese were actually cheering for September 11th on Chinese bulletin board. At that time, it was BBS. Um, but then there were also people who were really, really angry at this uh, atrocity against civilians. So there were already debates uh, at that time. And it has all, there has always been debates whenever there is a war coming out. Um, and there, there is certain space, little space, as I said, the public uh, platforms, uh, social media platforms, they would allow this to happen. And um, But then... What really matters is like you you read the numbers, you see first of all that the, the internet based official media what kind of articles they published, and then how many likes and reposts they get, and then you compare that with these voices that are against war. For example, I know that there are a few old journalists uh, from my time, they were posting opinion, uh, uh, real-time reports uh, from Ukrainian side and f about the real situation, not, not from Ukrainian side, but from more f from really more the objective and sympathetic perspective about the, the civilians on the ground. And then they would have a lot of uh, um, reports feeding like the uh, videos and trans uh, screenshots and etc like all fact-based sort of reports and when you see these people they make so much effort making good reports that chinese official media and any chinese media would not report um to prove that there is an atrocity going on on the on the ground in ukraine and to prove that ukrainians and uh, are really united fighting the enemy or to, to, to show people that actually NATO has very little to do with any expansionist or NATO did not put nuclear weapon at the Russian border, that kind of fake news to refute this fake news. Uh, their likes and their reposts are pathetic. The numbers are pathetic. That means they are sort of restricted by the social media platform to uh to be spreaded so so Weibo can use algorithm to control who sees this post and who doesn't so they restrict them in a very small group of viewers and the other people don't see that or they cannot repost it or they their posts are soon very quickly de deleted but but from the chinese government point of of view yeah. They realize what's going on in the world. How do they? No, I don't think so. Judge, judge it. I don't think so. I simply think, uh, I I simply think that they they would feel very, very, very uh, 
um, successful. Uh, if I were them, I would I would feel the same. For example, if you look at Putin's, um, uh, so so the official media has published uh, the the really state the 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 like Xinhua News and etc. They immediately published Putin's speech, which in my eye is basically repeating Nazi Nazi uh, announcement in you know in the nineteen thirties. Putin's speech was immediately published by these important state media. And I remember in the first day, one of them received 2 million likes on Weibo. I mean, it's, a, it's 2 million likes, and then there are more people more on, in one account, and then there are many other accounts on, for example, uh, uh, the TikTok of China, Douyin. And then there you have uh, also other forums where you can post it. So all, all in all, uh, China in the past decade has cultivated a big, big worshipper or fan group for Putin. And so all these little dissent doesn't mean anything. I mean, they exist. Yeah, so what? They exist because they, they cannot post any danger. You know, I still hope that the yeah, yeah. I, I still hope that the Chinese government is is simply impressed by 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 the unity of of the West in in, in now f towards Russia, uh, and that they will um, adjust their own policy or adjust their own plans a little bit according to their experience now. But of course, there's one factor that yeah, yeah, totally yeah, sure. differs between Russia I and think... and China. I mean, Russia is is not not far as important for the European Union for the West as a as a as a market yeah. and as an economic yeah. partner. So yeah. I mean pulling out business out of Russia is one thing, right? Pulling out your business, ask at VW and all the other uh, German <laughs> big companies pulling out their business. Mm. Oh, mm. <laughs> maybe not, maybe not. They have billions and billions invested in China. And then we're exactly. back to the point of independent uh, of of dependency on China. So that, yeah. of course, is uh, is the big difference here, right? Um, so on one hand, sanctions towards uh, Russia might intimidate or might impress the Chinese side. On the other hand, they know they have this, they have this uh, joker in their hand, and this is the Western businesses all operating in China and are so exactly. dependent. Yeah, yeah, that's very good description. Uh, that very good name you gave them, jokers in their hand. I mean, these all these capitalists and industrialists who have huge uh, stake in China. They are the jokers in China's hand, in Xi Jinping's hand. And, and Xi Jinping, uh, I mean, the thing is, of course, uh, China was impressed by the, the unexpected allies immediately formed in the West against Putin. Of course it is impressed because I, if, you, if you observe how um, China tried to make be as neutral as possible in the statement in the beginning of the war. It says something like they respect national sovereignty, uh, but they should uh, Russia's concerns should also be considered. Um, but then and also about the national sovereignty part is also very vague because you can also include Russia in it. Uh, but then if you 
see that later when the order, like when Germany announced that it will increase the defense budget and uh, all the weapons are shipped from different countries to Ukraine, then you see China saying something like, okay, more clearly uh, supporting Ukraine, Ukraine's national sovereignty uh, without mentioning Russia. Did they uh, really? But, but, I mean, you could. You know, you no, could... there's one single. There is one single statement when, at that moment, when China made simply to sh simply to show that that they they do support Ukrainian sovereignty. But it's all empty words. It's all performance, right? They need to perform at this stage somehow. I think they get a bit of pressure. I don't know from. You know which, what? What I think is yeah. that you can read that statement when it says like. This also applies for Ukraine. You could still topple things over and say, yeah, because Ukraine is a part of Russia and Russia has a uh, justified, um, justified take on, on the Ukraine. So the Chinese you could can, actually, uh, can actually just can, topple, that, topple yeah. their own words to make believe, oh, hey, we didn't say anything else when we're talking about sovereignty. We're talking about the Russian sovereignty because uh, Ukraine is a part of, uh, 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 of, of Russia historically and stuff. Yeah. You know, so this is what you I mean can, when they are not really concrete and not very yeah, because still we are vague in, a, in their in their in their comments. We are in, in a very ever changing situation. But if you see China's all China's rhetoric as uh, or um, words as performance, we watch how China perform, what kind of face he, that China wants the world to see in this specific moment. That's what I'm talking about. I'm not saying that China really is believing in sovereignty of Ukraine. China doesn't believe in the sovereignty of Ukraine. Uh, that's very sure. But they act. They act in a way just to gain, like to, to, to fool you further. They fool you, know? you yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And telling, and and telling people they... China will still going on to be... Uh... To be a what is the what is always the saying like not a powerful force in in uh, in promoting or whatever, promoting peace or in the, mm. in the you know they always take that role and indeed actually yeah. um, uh, well it's I ask myself where are you guys helping actually you you just don't do anything I mean yeah. you know they they abstain in the Security Council of the of the United Nations instead yeah. of taking a stain or still claim hey we have a, we have a very a decisive uh, position. No, you don't. Yeah, exactly. And and so at the moment, China is still watching, of course, because in this seemingly ambiguous position, even though we, I, you know that, I know that, we all know, those who know China know that China supports Russia. But, um, but if you, if you see all these performances and then you see how eagerly the apologists for China in the West, are eagerly grasping these words to defend China in front of their, you know, nation, their country's uh, decision makers. Meaning, for example, Volkswagen's CEO could well use these words to justify his that that China is still a sort of friend or at least not an enemy. Then you understand why China played this game. And, and there are a lot of benefits also, because China, you see that there are some moves that China has made that are not uh, 
observed yet by they also it's kind of very sneaky in front of the chinese they they try to hide the facts that asian development bank which is uh, 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 which is led by china has also suspend uh, sanctioned russia right and then uh lenovo has also uh, sanctioned russia which is very lenovo is although you know a computer that many people don't use anymore but it's biggest computer brand in china and then uh tiktok also <laughs> and so there are a few chinese companies that have done this sanction joined the sanction probably due to very concrete pressure from I don't know, international uh, associations or whatever, you know, in, uh, certain certain political pressure in their host countries. And China goes along with that, the Chinese government? Or, I mean, like... It has or... to be approved by Chinese government. Any Chinese multinational companies that want to sanction Russia has to get the approval from Chinese government, that's for sure. Okay, Li Wen, your final judgment on uh, China's takeaways from this situation, what would you say? There's no final judgment. I think at the moment, China is observing, as we all know, very closely what would be the cost of uh, Russia in this war. What kind of cost will China suffer? This is the mental uh, game. What kind of cost China might suffer if China invades Taiwan? This is this is you have to bear this in mind, and then you see that actually, already there are there are social media on uh, on Chinese media, social media platform. There are people who already make a list of the sanctions and punishment that Russia has got so far, and ask other social media user. Um, so this is the cost. Do you think China can stand? all these costs, can afford all these costs if we are sanctioned. And then many people, yeah. And then there are many people who answered below and said, oh, this is nothing. Like, we we have everything here. Like, you know, Russians are still using YouTube and etc. We have, uh, we don't even use YouTube. Like, <laughs> internet companies have no power in China. Uh, in, I mean, American internet companies have no power in China. Uh, as to consumption goods, everything we have is made in China, etc. <laughs> et et so, so, so the cost is rather limited, right? They will analyze and I think China the sanctions very, very thoroughly. And what happens then is they will, um, they will calculate the costs and they will build up uh, all means necessary. Yeah. To, to counter this cost. Yeah. And then they not only have a pattern how to counter the costs, but they also have a time frame. Exactly. For uh, one, when are they able to invade yeah, Taiwan? Yeah. One uh, example is... Because they need one or a few yeah. more years yeah. to set up this. They need a couple of more years to set up that. Yeah. And then they are well prepared yeah. for, for all the sanctions coming. So yeah, uh, they get a time frame now actually for the invasion of Taiwan, if you want so. But uh, one thing, I think, one thing that... Western countries really need to pay attention to, which is the computer chips, uh, you know, that is something that China is still not yet capable of making by itself completely. 
or, or is making very bad ones still. I mean, that makes Taiwan and even more interesting because they have the exactly. best semiconductor industry but in the world. But once they no? occupy Taiwan, they have everything. And they even control the world SIM card uh, production and, and designing. So TSMT, this, this is a semiconductor manufacturing company in, in Taiwan, which is extremely important for the world uh, computer and, uh, the, you know, smart gadgets and etc. and cars, smart cars nowadays. TSMT actually is strategically most important for the West to consider, like whether we sh that whether the West should be prepared to either get a part of TSMT MC in their own country to help the Taiwanese to diversify these manufacturing and and designing R and D um, locations. It's very very important. I'm not kidding. I mean, it's just overnight. No, no, it's, China it's, want it, to conquer Taiwan. It's a good point. Definitely. It's just one night, probably. Well, the outlook is uh, not very delightful. <laughs> so, uh, it, is, it hasn't been since we started this podcast. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, uh, as a takeaway from what we're talking about, is the situation is not getting any better with uh, with what happened now in Russia um, on the on the situation in Taiwan and. Uh, yeah, let's see what happens next, and uh, it will give us more uh, fodder to talk about. Um, thank you very much. Thank you. Uh, Liwen, and uh, hear you soon, okay? Yeah, hear you soon. Bye bye. 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 with chopsticks the truth about dictatorships a podcast with Chin Li Wen and Marcel Chang.